The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's a plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're... Time well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am group. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. I'm suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. You got it right. I'm so congested right now, and this household, this side of the lair is under quarantine so much, I don't know where I am, what I'm doing. You're in the Petri dish. That's where you're at. That works, too. (laughs) Uh, We are the Smugglers 3. No, no, we're, we're not. not. <laughs> there we go. That's where I screwed it up. Uh, I think you screwed up on purpose. Just take the pressure off of you. That may be too as well. We are. As I'm I give you a hint. It rhymes with intrepid trio. The intrepid trio. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Okay. And that's Kylan, Eric, and myself, Snuffly. <laughs> and before Hi, we go Snuff- any further, I just want to wish you, sir. A very happy birthday. Well, thank you. We are recording on Mike's birthday night. Thank you. How does he spend his birthday? Hanging out with a couple of geeks. Well, Zoe made dinner tonight. Stuffed shells. And even even made my my favorite birthday dessert. She made brownie with cream cheese frosting. Ooh. From scratch. We had no brownie mix. and She made it from scratch. Ooh. Yeah. How's that? That sounds delicious and i'm hungry and i can't have one that's and of course the family got me which can be marvel related because he did appear in a marvel comics i have doc ondar from doc ondar's den of antiquities at star wars galaxy's edge i got the black series and uh well it sounds like it was a, a heck of a birthday gift it was and then during dinner i'm watching captain america the first avenger favorite marvel film it was on an uh fx well there we go oh good day mm-hmm. i i do st- I, I do enjoy that movie every once in a while <laughs> to me that has that will always still be my my favorite marvel film mm-hmm. partially because the majority of it is a period piece and i really like what they that is to me that is the epitome of a star of a uh superhero movie 
and what a superhero is in a in a time period where that was not really realistic for it to happen. Whereas Captain America now, yeah, that's potentially possible. But in the 40s, no. To me, that was the ideal superhero movie. And that's why it's one of my favorite. It is my favorite Marvel MC film. Okay. Okay. Because of the period piece. And, and I thought it was, that was the one film that was her. It hit the origin story just right. Yeah. Even though it, it wasn't an original story for the movies, it hit all the key points of cap and red skull and the SSL R SSR. Thank you. Yeah. From that time period in the, in the, it hit the right beats, right elements for all that, Mm -hmm. that if they didn't freeze him off right away in that film, and expedited his role through the war as quickly as they did. Right. I think they could have done another period piece. Yeah. For the World War II. I mean, there were, I mean, there was tons of, if you go through the comics, there, there's tons of missions that Cap was on. It wasn't really a short period that he served, you know? Right. Um, so, uh, I, I, I would love to see that. Actually, um, I read, um, last, it may have been last month, a couple months ago, there was a, an original story, graphic novel, of, um, I'm embarrassed, you know, it's called Captain America, the Ghost Army, um, by Alan Grant's Ben Schnuver, Schnuver, and Mark, and Matt Horak. And so it was an original story set during World War II. Um, okay. And it was really good. My, uh, the guy at my comic shop turned me on to it. And uh, it, especially with the way they've retconned Bucky in the comics, you know, kind of explaining that, you know, while he was on the base, that he ended up getting trained in like sabotage and, and infiltration and right. he had learned martial arts and all this stuff because you know they're like well you know what would be great we could use the kid to go into places where we can't go and they kind of played that up a bit it was uh and it worked out and actually there's some awesome nods to other characters that in one way or another, have a presence in the present or future of the Marvel universe. Okay. But it fits. It totally fits. It's not like, oh, crap. Okay, really? You did that? No, it was good. And um, if you like period pieces and, you know, do you like, you know, seeing what Cap was doing during World War II, it's a good story. See, I, I would love to see Chris Evans come back. Do a couple more Cap. A couple more cat films that are just him in the Howling Commandos, mm-hmm. and maybe we see an early Nick Fury from the war, or or Nick Fury Senior. See, I would love to see Nick Fury Senior because they have yet to state whether or not this Nick Fury is Nick Fury Junior or or Senior. You know. Or we don't know if he if he's taken the Infinity Formula. We don't know any of that stuff about him. They've been still been pretty fa- pretty vague when it comes to him. Yep. You know, except that he's from Huntsville, Alabama. But I, I think the other thing is too. I we could 
get other cap films that would be similar to like Rogue One or Solo, a Star Wars story where they are not relevant to the phase one, phase two, phase three. They're just movies to help um, highlight this particular character more in a specific period of time. How about this? We make Captain America and the Howling Commandos as an animated series. Yeah, I would love it. I mean, this way it's when you make it animated, you take it out of some of the expectations for it to fit canonically. Right. I mean, you there's not that pressure and there's not that pressure on the cast. You know, like, you know, Chris Evans doesn't have to work out and do like 50 pushups before his shirtless scene or really anybody, it, it would take so much less time. You get, uh, you, you get Chris Evans and you get, oh man, I am, I am blanking on, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on Peggy's name. Haley Atwell. Yeah, Haley Atwell. They ain't got to get into makeup. They ain't got to get into costume. Right. Yeah. All they gotta do is show up at the at the studio lab, at the the sound studio, do their lines, and it's a day. If they wanted to go live action with it, how would you feel with this being a uh, a series on on Disney Plus? Well, see, here's the thing: nobody is as young as they were back then. Right. Right. So, and- I, I would prefer. I'd prefer just straight up animated because most of the live action stuff is CGI anyway. Okay. Right. That's what I mean. Honestly, from the way things were shaping up in the last mission impossible, I'm pretty sure that Hallie Atwell has signed on to a new franchise. I think that she's probably going to be the new lead. If it's true that Tom Cruise is leaving at the end of the next one, just because of the way they, wrote her character right. i don't know well all those I don't, I don't know if she's gonna be up for doing any crazy stunts i could be wrong though before we get too much further if you want to email us your thoughts or ideas email us at mighty marvel geeks at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 407-494-6110 uh, also to check out our affiliates like bitty boomers use code weeby geeks all one word w-e-b-e-g-e-e-k-s for 15 percent off your purchase on some great bluetooth speakers um use the code wookie for all your saber needs at rebel sabers why because marvel has the star wars license for the comics star wars marvel are all part of the walt disney company it's a family affair mm-hmm. red flag workshop use code smuggler three for 25% off your purchases of patches. They just introduced a new New York sewer Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle patch. I know another company, but it's an awesome looking patch. If he, I, I'm still trying to convince him to do something similar for maybe uh, different locations or uh, for Marvel, like shield headquarters. Yeah. Or uh, is it, I, I keep wanting to say the cube. What, what's the, the prison Island? The raft. The raft. Yeah. That could be a fun one. I mean, could you see it? The him uh, Asgard National Park. And it's got the rain. It's got the. It's got Hemdall's sword at, at one end of the of the Rainbow Bridge. <laughs> Just saying. So, um, and also too, 
feel like I'm missing someone. Hanger-58.com. Use code Wookie Radio for 10% off your purchase there of some great t-shirts. They got Marvel or Star Wars. Maybe it's Marvel. I don't remember right offhand. But Star Wars, because hey, Marvel has the Star Wars license, Star Trek, Wednesday, Harry Potter, a bunch of other stuff. Some great stuff there. So um speaking of shows if i said i am highly congested and i don't know where i'm at tonight you did okay uh marvel's releasing two specials on disney plus in september are they now they are are you surprised um not really okay (laughs) uh coming up are Marvel Studios Assembled, The Making of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which will be available September 13th, and Marvel Studios Assembled, The Making of Secret Invasion, the following week on September 20th. Furthermore, they will also add two episodes of Marvel Studio Legends, the studio's catch-up series, on September 29th. Both of the episodes will have to deal with the October release of Loki Season 2, one based on variants and the other one based on the time variance authority so if marvel studios assembled sounds familiar these are some of the other marvel documentaries that have been put out um the latest one was the making of ant-man and, and the wasp quantum mania mm-hmm. which I, I have not watched yet now i'm a big behind the scenes junkie i haven't watched this one yet i don't think i realized it was out it, it's only been yeah. out a couple of weeks has it yeah, it's, only, it's been pretty recent because um, I usually try to stay on top of those. It's only it's just it has it's not it's it's only been a couple of weeks, I believe. Okay. Um. So yeah, usually they go in behind the scenes. It, it's it's a lot more than what you would get normally on in the behind the scene featurettes on a Blu-ray or because mm-hmm. they're creating more content for for streaming. Right. Okay. So. I was just surfing around YouTube the other day and I saw where Karen Gillan had a, a behind the scenes kind of thing from guardians volume three. And it's basically, she is filming herself a week in the life of Nebula. Oh, cool. And I swear it was so much better than most anything I would see on Disney plus right now. Because it was truly behind the scenes. It right. was not it was not overly produced. It was not slick looking. It was literally Karen walking around with her camera, with her phone. Hmm. Studios, maybe take note. I mean, don't don't get us wrong. We enjoy the stuff that's being put out there. But sometimes the better behind the scenes stuff is the stuff that's not scripted or planned to Okay, we got to lay out this. Make sure you capture this. It's just let it happen. Give your actors cameras and go video blog your week as the getting in and out of care. Now, I would love to to see. I would love to see some more of the mechanical and technical stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, like, you know, how do they? Well, of course, the, the short answer on most stuff is CGI. Mm-hmm. But some of the more practical effects, right. I'd love to see how that was; those were constructed and and used in stuff like that. But really, watching it, there is a sequence with uh, with Karen Gillan in the makeup chair, and it's like a time lapse thing where they they just spend all these hours 
putting on her makeup and prosthetics and and everything like that. That's that is really cool, right? Figure figure on those days. It's literally her wait taking a nap at home or wherever she's staying if they're on location, taking a nap and coming on set, finishing with a second nap while they're applying everything on. I if mean, you can. Fact- I mean, they, the, when you hear these stories that they have to stay still for, like, hours on end, like, I couldn't imagine. Like, I, I understand why, um, was it, uh, Dave uh, Batista? Mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I get why he, you know, like, you know, he no longer was doing shirtless because he got, I mean, if all, if I had to choose between, Spending what four or five hours, however long they, you know, my head and my chest and my back, yeah. or you know, what about what, maybe two hours just my head. Okay. What about, what about uh Rebecca Romaine or um Jennifer Garner? No. Uh, Garner. Jennifer um Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah. Lawrence. Yeah. As Mystique. Well, after a while, yeah. In the, like the first X Men movie. Absolutely, Rebecca Roman was was uh, it. It was an all day thing, pretty much. I think towards the end, though, they had it down to a bodysuit that she would wear that had all the stuff on it, and then they would just do like prosthetics around the face and and the hair and stuff like that. Right, but mm-hmm. for, for anything that was going to be close up, it had to be applique on skin. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's not easy. I mean, having taken a makeup class or two in, in college for, for theater, not just film, but just for theater, um, and knowing how to do it and having applied some to myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you look at some of these pieces and go, oh yeah, I could put, I could slap that on in, in 15 minutes. Sure. And it's going to fall off in three. You want to put it on right. You want to blend it right and everything else. It takes time. I think the quickest I ever applied anything on was a half hour. And that's only because I had put it on and taken it off so quick. And mm-hmm. I, I knew how to, by the time I got it for a final presentation, it was pretty much almost prepped. It was more, it took more time to do the blend than it did mm-hmm. the actual application. So, and then that's when I came up with my, uh, my burned face using, hmm using tea bags loosely the the tea out tea bags oh did i we walked into one costume party melissa and i when we were dating and i had someone go do we need to call you a medic (laughs) i'm like oh i I feel fine you don't look it it's just a flesh wound i did not win the costume contest because they thought it was too real i'm like Mm -hmm. isn't that the point (laughs) who are you a knight that's been charred by a dragon you've been charred (laughs) It looks too real. We can't give it to you. I am the personification of the Colonel's extra crispy recipe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Sir Colonel of Kentucky's fried chicken night. Uh, I'm blackened Cajun. Well, this was in Louisiana. That's that's my family tree. (laughs) I I am the knight of the chicken church. (laughs) So um, other Disney plus streaming shows. In the news, WandaVision and Loki are getting physical media 4K releases. And, of course, The Mandalorian. But The Mandalorian, yes, there is a season one, season two 
comic adaptation being done, but WandaVision and Loki are Marvel series, and they are coming to disc with pre-orders. I, I would say, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. With pre-orders launching August 28th, Loki will be the first series available as a physical media. Season one arrives on September 26th, a month before its second season begins. WandaVision will be available November 29th. So just in time for Christmas. Yep. With Mandalorian season one and two available December 12th. The titles will be available on collector's edition 4K Ultra HD and Blu-ray featuring steelbook packaging, concept art cards, and some never before seen bonus features. How about that? I am a big fan of if there's something that you like, if you see it in the theater, if you see it on streaming, and you have the opportunity to get it on physical media, mm-hmm. get it. Yeah. Yes. The, the reason being, stuff that comes out on streaming, there's no guarantee it's going to be there forever. Right. Well, I mean, how often do we see, you know, what's leaving Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus? <laughs> uh, Willow. Very short-lived oh, on that, Disney+. That, Plus. that may have been an act of mercy, but... Mm-hmm. Okay. But I'm just saying, these are not... You're not paying for the shows themselves. Yeah. No. You are paying for access to their database. Right. And, and even if you buy... Let's say you buy season one of blah, 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 or you buy the, you know, the movie or whatever... As same token, you're buying the rights to the access to that. You cancel your subscription, it's gone. Yep. Yeah. Now, now if you cancel your subscription, uh, odds are you're okay with that. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right. You're paying for access, and that's it. And yep. there's no guarantee mm-hmm. that what that something that you like on there is going to stay. Right. Absolutely. Now, I, so uh, if you get physical media, they can't take that away from you. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Now, with the physical media releases uh, for Loki, it will feature stuff like designing the TVA, uh, which features production designer Kasra Farahani and Hiddleston. Uh, additionally, it will contain a look at the upcoming season two, the Miss Minutes TVA orientation video. I'm sorry, that needs to just go up on Disney Plus as a short anyway, as a one shot anyway. Mm. I want that orientation video up somewhere. <laughs> Hell, if I got to go and pay for it off YouTube, Marvel's YouTube channel, I'll go pay for it off Marvel's YouTube channel. Um, deleted scenes, which includes a moment that introduces Frog Thor, a gag reel, and the Marvel Studios assembly documentary. Uh, special features for WandaVision and The Mandalorian have not been revealed yet. I will probably get I will probably get one division. Yeah, I, I don't. I may or may not get Loki. Just, I don't think I don't think I'll get Loki, even though I want that Miss Minutes orientation video. I, I want it, it's going to leak making, out somewhere. I, I do want to see the behind the scenes stuff. Yes, but I, I could happily go the rest of my life and not watch the the episodes again. Now. Say you're doing this with Moon Knight and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Yes, yeah. absolutely. She-Hulk, quite possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly. 
Miss Marvel, I think, only because we've had Angelion on mm-hmm. and, and just the excitement she shared from the set. Just to, just to get Miss Marvel for behind the scenes stuff alone would yeah, be fun for I that would, one. I would like to get the behind the scenes stuff from Miss Marvel. I may not watch the actual episodes, but I, I watch the heck out of the behind the scene featurettes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially oh, since I, a friend of the show, Ryan Panagos, is it is in it too. Well, yeah. Right. I mean, how can we not go? I mean, how can we not? Now, you know, you talk about watching the behind the scenes stuff and not the episodes. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I've got all three of the Lord of the Rings movies. Yep. I watch the appendices DVDs more than I do the actual movies. And when I, I do that. watch the movies, when I do watch the movies, I listen to, I watch it with the audio commentary on from the cast. I have the original release of the Star Wars Blu-rays, the sixth film. It was the nine disc mm-hmm. Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I have watched the bonus, the three bonus discs more than I've watched the films. Wow. Yeah. And I'm a huge Star Wars fan, as y'all know. Right. Yes. I mean, to say that is an understatement, right? Mm-hmm. It's like saying someone struck by lightning's feeling a little under the weather, but sure, we'll go with that. Well, hey, <laughs> it's only appropriate I do a Marvel and a Star Wars podcast because the, what was the one title that really got me into comics as a kid? Star Wars by Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. Hey, <laughs> I mean, DC was there too, but. Star Wars by Marvel Comics. Yeah, and I said this when we were doing our live stream from Star Wars Celebration, but when I was a kid, the local library had the giant size hardcover volumes of the Marvel adaptation of the the first movie. Mm -hmm. And I would... Of course, it was it was always next to the pool hall, and Dad would like to spend his lunch hours there. He would shoot pool. I would go next door <laughs> to the library. I would sit there and just I, I knew where it was on the shelf. I go there, I pick it up, I would sit there and read. And when Dad was done with his pool game, he'd come get me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. And I liked it that way. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I mean, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you two shows that are a definite. Okay, one's a definite without a patent of an eye. This is you can pre-order now. It won't release for two years. Done. Werewolf by Night. Of course, of course. I, you know you could do a featurette just on bringing Ted to life. Oh yeah, mm. and it'd be worth it. I think if you did a Blu-ray on Werewolf by Night, the bonus features are going to be longer than the one-hour special. And I'm okay with that. Oh, absolutely. To go over the effects, go over how, you know, the whole black and white look, everything. Yes, please. The other one I would consider getting, because it does fit perfectly within the franchise, is Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, I love how they do reference it slightly in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah. There, there is a nod to it. Yes. Which was perfect. Mm-hmm. So I was talking about Volume 3 with my boss earlier this week. And she, still, she has still not brought herself to, to watch it. 
she's kind of like, I got to psych myself up for this because it's going to be emotional. And I said, there are, there are gut punches. There were tears. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm mad enough to admit there were some tears, but in, in part, part of the, t- part of my tears was the little bitty baby raccoons. Yeah. And yeah. I, I say that because we had one when I was like in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Somebody brought my dad a, a a a young raccoon, and we had him for quite a while, and it just it brought back memories. Mm-hmm. We had a Boy Scout camp I worked at for two years. We had a raccoon kept coming back every year during the season, mm-hmm. and whenever we do an event there, he showed up. We 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 didn't even have to catch him. He knew we were in. Even for the weekend, he knew we were there. He would show up, and he knew how to get into his cage. Oh, wow. Or into his little habitat in the one building. I was like, really? <laughs> so if we did, if we just did a weekend thing there for, like, Order of the Arrow, it'd be, mm-hmm. dude, no. It's dinner time. Come up to the porch. We'll feed you at the porch. You don't need to go live in the habitat. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, it, it was, it's one of those strange things. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean... Our our raccoon, we, we named him Rascal. He we let him start running off, basically. We, we we he was not in an enclosure or a cage or anything like that. We just let him run free. He would come back about every other night, and he always had this way of letting us know he was home. He would get up on the front porch swing, climb the chain. And reach out and grab the screen on the dining room window and start banging that screen. What? If I'm lying, I'm dying. Oh my gosh! He he would basically bang the the screen, and we would let him in. We would we would give him something to eat. He loved bologna. I I call bologna on that. He loved bologna, <laughs> not cooked, cold, cold, just cold straight bologna. Just 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 cold straight. We, we we did take we did take the little red tape off the off the rim, but outside of that, it was just straight out of the fridge. Right. He would he would he would eat. He would drink. He would play a little while, and then he'd be gone. Okay. <laughs> Gosh. All right. So, mm. I mean, he you know they they know where they're gonna get taken care of. You knows that. You know? Yeah. That the this the scene with the. Uh, with the raccoons, yeah, that um, yeah, yeah there there were some tears. Uh, yeah, and I would tell people, I'd say, look, if you're gonna see it, pack Kleenex. Mm-hmm. I said, if I'm telling you, pack Kleenex. Trust me, pack Kleenex. Yeah. I think I'm, I, but I think I'll be okay that with the second viewing. That's why I tell myself anyway. I, but I'm I'm the one out of the three of us who. And I tend to be overly emotional. I'm like, should I really? I, I felt bad for not needing Kleenex after watching that film. But then again, I also fell asleep in like small parts of it because well, I had been exhausted. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think you, if you if you sat sat through if you sit through a second time, stay up through the whole thing. I think you're gonna need Kleenex. Okay. Like now, actually, uh, dark days are over. I think it was there. I used to. There was a 
a TV show that had a scene with that song in it, and I used to kind of make fun of the scene, and I would hear that song, and I would kind of laugh at that. Now, I hear that song not in my throat. And I'm like, dang, gum it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. If you are listening to this and you have not seen Guardians Volume 3, pack Kleenex. Yes. Trust, Trust a bro. Trust them, not me. And don't try, don't don't try to be tough and, and tough it out. To, I'm gonna prove them wrong, because all of it's gonna come out in about I said what maybe ten minutes for the movie ends. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Ten minutes for the movie ends. All of it's gonna come out. I'm just saying you're gonna use all the Kleenex. Boom, whole box what? gone. When the salutes start going through, mm-hmm. when everybody starts saluting, that that right there is where you're gonna need some. Yep. You don't 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 try to be don't try to tough it out. I'm telling you right now, like like Agent Eric says, trust a bro. <laughs> now I feel when, heartless. When when Peter Quill thinks he's got the wrong house. Oh oh, dude. Oh, I got goosebumps. Yes. Hey, I did wake up in time to hear the greatest line ever in Guardians Three from Quill to Nebula. You missed that? No, I was awake for that. I woke up right before that scene. Oh, my gosh, dude. (laughs) Dude, I was like in and out. I I don't remember what happened. And and I know we talked about this on air. Man, I feel bad for being, I I feel heartless on this, that I I didn't get that emotional about it. Well, to be fair, you you slept a part of it. Yeah. I was awake for the ending when you guys were saying I should have been crying. Sorry, guys, I didn't cry. You kind of have to work your way through to that point. Yeah. Yeah. You you slept through it. You slept through the buildup. So. All right. Um, sticking with streaming. Hulu <laughs> losing cult favorite Marvel movie soon. And that movie is? Uh, which Marvel project will be removed soon from Hulu? The Hulk starring Eric Bana. You know what? No big loss. <laughs> I am like, I mean, it was okay, but the only thing is like Toby McGuire said in the first Spider-Man movie, I missed the part where that's my problem. The only two, two things good about that movie was Sam Elliott and Jennifer Connelly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because Sam Elliott's the Uh, only thing that carried over into the MCU. Actually, no, he didn't. No, no, he did not. That was an incredible Hulk. That's where, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Sam Elliott's Thunderbolt Ross was amazing. Yes. 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 And Jennifer and, and, and I'm lo- Jennifer Connelly. Well, enough said. I'm looking forward to seeing Harrison Ford's version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yep. I mean, if anybody could match um, Sam Elliott, I think it could be Harrison Ford. Yeah. I mean, granted, the the bussy mustache is going to have to be a prosthetic with Ford, but still. I think at this point in time, he's clean shaven. Mm-hmm. Now, see, that's disappointing to me. Yeah, but Sam Elliott didn't play Thunderbolt Ross outside of the Hulk. I know, but I want to I want to see Harrison Ford with one of those Swiffer Duster style mustaches. <laughs> yes. I yep. mean, I, I want to see the type of mustache that can filter plankton. <laughs> I'm thinking William Hurt. I'm sorry, William Hurt's mustache did not do Sam Elliott's justice. No. 
baleen filter mustache. Yeah. That's what I want. And I do not feel the least bit sorry for wanting it. So speaking of Sam Elliott makes me think of another person just passed away this week. Terry Funk. Yeah. And now I'm checking to see if Terry Funk may have played a other media. Cause I know he worked with Sam Elliott in uh, roadhouse. Yeah. Did he? I don't recall him being in the MCU. Uh, he was not the movie I was thinking of. He was in an episode of Swamp Thing. Okay. Which was on the USA Network, if I remember right. He was also in the adventure. He also was in the pilot episode of the adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Okay. Ah, so was John Delancey. Yeah. Yes, he was. Uh, and since we're, we're talking about passings, um, Wyndham Rotunda, who you may know as Bray Wyatt, passed away today as well. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, COVID-related injury, uh, illness. Mm. He had gotten COVID earlier this year, uh, which led some to some heart problems. He was making a recovery. They were looking at possibly bringing him back in the next pay-per-view or two, um, and then uh, passed away of a sudden stroke. Mm. Um, but I thought he may have done some stuff. I guess he didn't. Never made it to the big screen for anything. Terry Funk, if captured early enough before he was on his decline, could have been a heck of a Marvel villain. Yes. Or Marvel patty. Yes. I think Bray Wyatt could have too. So, um, so yeah, the Hulk's going away from Hulu. Again, one of those M- it's MCU, but it's not MCU. Mm-hmm. It's technically the first Hulk film for the MCU is the incredible Hulk with Ed Norton, mm-hmm. which right. since we're on this topic and I'm looking at my time code recording, we got time to bring this up. I saw this pop up on Facebook mm-hmm. and I, I asked about source and have gotten no response. So I don't know. I don't know how true this is, but it's going around that the licensing rights to produce any movie starring the Hulk have been reverted back to Marvel. Mm. So according to this person who is a top contributor on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Facebook page, I'm going to not mention the person's name. Uh, they proceed with, with this post. Having said that, you would think they would have at least a screenplay ready to be cast or even filmed. Well, cast-wise, you have your Hulk. It's uh, Mark um, Ruffalo. Ruffalo. Thank you. Sorry. Right. If I mentioned I'm very congested, can't think straight. That's okay. Not enough oxygen to the to the head. Brain. That too. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, since we have Thunderbolt Ross now with Harrison Ford, do we bring back um, Liv, Liv Tyler as Betty Ross? Uh, Potentially. Uh, you could. You could. I mean, technically we have Scar. Mm-hmm. As we see Scar right. at the end of She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so this person continues on with the question and goes, my questions, what, what do you as a fan want to see in a movie starring the Hulk? One, should it be based on any pre-existing story? If so, which who should the main villain be or should they reboot? Mm. I will go with number three. No, they should not reboot. There's already too much there. Do not. Right. No, 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 no. Get, you know, keep Ruffalo because I mean, He's already CGI anyway. Right. Especially if you really what I want. If you're going to give me a solo Hulk movie, give me where he becomes Professor Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. And see, this is where you could do because in the comics, 
it was all done through hypnosis. Right, it was. So you have this pretty much uncharted territory to go through. You can make it a Hulk that's a cerebral movie. Not Hulk smash, not let me hand Scott a taco, but this could all play out inside Bruce Banner's head. Yeah. If they wanted to, and they wouldn't need to go this hard with it, we could get Doc Sampson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say. You know, we, we don't even need green-haired Doc Sampson. We don't need that. I think it would just be cool to see that. I, I just remember that issue and the fight between the two. Yes. And seeing what – and here's the plus – seeing what they were able to do in – um. And Secret Invasion, and you remember, like, when the fight was going on, you would have half of, you know, half of Bruce's head hooked out, uh, Bruce's arm, a hooked out leg, and all that's going back and forth as they're fighting until he finally comes. I I would love to see that. I mean, this is just such, it's it's such a concept that has not been explored really in 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 the mcu you kind of had it a little bit something kind of close to it with moon knight yeah Yeah. but not not dialed up to 11 like this could be well we we also got um i mean in some of the responses and threads on storylines oh Mm -hmm. the obvious world war hulk or planet hulk me personally i don't want to see either one of those is it in many ways we're past that if we were going to get planet hulk or world war hulk we would have gotten that around the time of thor ragnarok we're past all that mm-hmm. I, we have yeah, scar yeah. remember what happened in um she hulk though you remember how she hulk ended yeah with scar that all but all that happened from the time of the end of uh age of ultron to thor ragnarok right so what's the point in going back in time to tell those stories? If we're trying to progress everything forward, you could do all that in flashback, but I want to see Joe fix it. Storylines. Yes, I, I could, I could stand seeing some Joe fix it. Yes. <laughs> and really the part about the MCU professor Hulk that I don't really like is that he's too nice. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, the thing about the Professor Hulk in the comics, there was a little edge to him. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, you could tell he still had anger issues. Yes. I, it, the Hulk has no anger issues in the MCU. That's why I want to see the Joe fix it. Mm-hmm. I want to see him turn gray. I want to see him with the suit. And I would love to see him go up against Vincent D'Onofrio's kingpin. <laughs> in a sense, become a crime syndicate, start a crime syndicate for good, not evil. Mm-hmm. As twisted as that sounds, that's all. I mean, that's what leverage was, leverage Inc. So, um, so yeah, one, I need to know first, is that actually true? Does Marvel, if if this was, I would think I would have heard, we would have heard about it more than just from a post on Facebook. Well, I I honestly, I don't, I, I treat everything that I see on Facebook with a grain of salt. Just, just because until you can cite a source, and this this comes from working with librarians for the past 
17 years almost. Right. Mm-hmm. It, they are all about citing your sources. Yeah. They are all about credibility. They are all about the critical thinking. Right. So I agree. If, you're, if you're not going to, if you're not going to cite your source, do not expect me to take you seriously. I agree. I agree. Uh, some comic news. Blade co-creator Arv Wolfman returns to Marvel for Vampire Slayer's 50th anniversary. Sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not realize Marv Wolfman was one of the co-creators of Blade. But now you do. Now I do. Um, so 50 years after Wolfman and artist Gene Colon created the half-human, half-vampire, the Daywalker, um, in 1973 with Tomb of Dracula number 10, the legendary writer will ask, the, ask that legendary question, what if? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the, and it's, what if the Lord of Vampires sunk his teeth into Eric Brooks, cursing him with the eternal bloodlust? So they, uh, so Marv Wolfman and artist David Cutler are teaming up for the one shot. What if Dark Tomb of Dracula number one is November? I will be picking up this issue. This sounds like it's going to be a great story. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so quote from Wolfman in 1972, I was a fledging fledgling comics writer who mostly wrote short two to eight page monster stories when editor Roy Thomas asked if I would like to write Tomb of Dracula, my very first series from Marvel. And that book would jumpstart my career. Uh, so it was a real thrill now that 50 plus years later, Marvel asked me to once again dive into that pool with this very special what if story and bring back that great cast of characters that Gene Colon and I created so many years ago. Thank you for Marvel. Thank you, Marvel, for giving me the chance to play with old friends one last time. Well, considering we almost lost Marv a few years back. Right. And we have lost his other great partner in crime, George Perez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I am glad to see Marvel looking back at their history and people who are still around giving them a chance to do is, one is last Doug, hurrah. Is Doug Minch still around? I don't know. Because I think Marv Wolfman, didn't he also create Moon Knight? Like him and Doug Minch, I think, did Moon Knight. Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, so this one shot is part of Marvel's what if dark line that puts a darker twist on classic stories previously released is what if dark Loki one, what if dark spider Gwen, what if dark venom and what if dark moon Knight? the series of one shots ask the questions. What if Asgard's God of mischief was worthy of wielding the mold, uh, the mighty Molnir? What if the night Gwen Stacy died was the night when lived and Spider-Man died? Oh, what if a symbiote bonded with Ben Grimm instead of Peter Parker? And what if Mark Spector did not live to become the avatar of, of Conchu? Mm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. So, and then my final story of the night ties, even though it's not a direct Marvel story, it relates to conversations we've had on the show. Star Wars Ahsoka repeats a mistake of secret invasion. Do I continue? Is this CBR? Nope. Comicbook.com. I. There. This says there's secret invasion spoilers ahead, which at this point in time, secret invasion's over, but there are also Ahsoka spoilers ahead. If y'all haven't seen it, I will stop. I have not seen it yet. I haven't either. Then I will stop. All I know is this, and I, I get frustrated and I get tired of 
you know, blank, which is whatever new series or project that Marvel is doing, continues the same mistake that they did in whatever the last Marvel project was. And that that same story happens with everything. They did it with Secret Invasion. They did it with Ms. Marvel. They, they, I don't well, know. Well, now and, we're also getting it. Star Wars is making them is now making the same mistake that Marvel made. Right. So, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. How about we go? Also, I don't know. How about we go? The vocal minority fans are making the same mistake every time, no matter what the franchise is. There you go. That's a good one right there. That work? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Y'all just want something to complain about just so you can have something to complain about. So I'm going to tell you right now. With Ahsoka, as soon as I hit, and I don't know if I said this earlier in the show or if or it was pre-show. The moment I hear Zoe start to get critical of Dave Filoni and the character that he created for Star Wars with Ahsoka, and that I hear that he has lost touch of his character in this series, is when I will feel the series has lost touch. Mm-hmm. Because Ahsoka is Zoe's top favorite Star Wars character. And she is aware Dave Filoni is the one who has been behind this project live action the whole time. He's the one who directed the Ahsoka episodes of The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett just to make sure his character stayed true to form. He's doing that here too. I would not be surprised when anytime Ahsoka was written into a Star Wars story in the comics that it didn't cross Dave's desk, period. Because that's how much he cares about this character. Right. So we need more creative types who care about characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is, this is where so many projects and not just Marvel, not just star Wars, but pretty much all franchises. This is where they fall short because they bring people on board who a aren't familiar with the characters. They're, they're writing for or directing or whatever, and they don't care. It's a paycheck or it's a chance to quote unquote, put my own stamp on it or update it for a modern audience. Like again, I'm going to pull out the, the old Lord of the Rings movies. Everybody involved with that was a fan of the source material. I, I mean, and, and Christopher Lee actually met Tolkien. And so that's why these movies turned out so good. Now, some of the the Tolkien purists will say, no, it doesn't because it doesn't match the books. I said, well, that's great. That's not a negative, especially if it makes you want to go read the books after having watched the movie, which is exactly what I did. I watched The Fellowship of the Ring, and I immediately went to Barnes & Noble. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. No, it was Books a Million. Excuse me. Um, I went to Books a Million, I got the Lord of the Rings book, and I had it read by the time Two Towers came out. My only problem with that franchise was The Hobbit. That was a two, a part two film that was actually done in three parts. Well, yeah, they did do that in three, didn't they? Yeah. forgot about that. And they only needed to do two. Right. My opinion. <laughs> to try and stretch it out into three was a mistake. That's just me. Eric may disagree with me, and that's perfectly fine. I'm more than happy to, to, to have someone disagree with me. As long as you respect my opinion, 
I respect your opinion. That's all. I mean, I enjoyed The Hobbit. I just felt it was too long. Now, I'm not going to disagree with you on The Hobbit. The, the Hobbit did not need to be three movies. It did not. No. I think it could have been wrapped up in two. Well, you, I feel like to firm the stretch it to three was strictly a money grab. I hate to say that, but I feel like, you know, it's sort of like the movie version of the reverse movie version of was it Jordy? Yeah. Jordy said, if you could do something in three hours, tell them five. And then that way they're impressed. Oh, no, that but was Scotty. That was Scotty. That was Scotty. Everything Scottie. was in multiples of four. Because That's it, right. So if it was if a job was four hours, you tell them you can do it in eight, and then mm-hmm. you know yep. that way. Oh, this is a story we could do it in two, but let's stretch it in three. See if we can get uh, some extra money out of it. You know, if, if you well, if you always think about with Scotty, it was Kirk would ask, "How long is it going to take?" It's going to take twelve hours, Captain. Okay, cool. Four hours later, we're done, Captain. Scotty, you're a miracle worker. Hi, Captain. That's why he tells Jordy. Always tell them multiples of four. That way you look, you come off looking like a miracle work. See, that's, I, you know what? I'm going to start doing that at work. I'm serious because it's like, you know, I think I'm the only one in the office that watches Star Trek. So I'm pretty sure I can get away with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that episode quite well. It's kind of like, you know, Picard asked Jordy, you know, how long is this going to take? And he says, you know, like, you know, 12 hours and. And afterwards, Scotty says, okay, how long is it really going to take? He goes, no, it's 12 hours. hours. And he just looks at him like he he just spat green goo and his head spun around. He's like, Monty, how can you get a reputation as a medical worker if you tell him how long it really takes? (laughs) Tell him. So basically, he had to say it was going to be 16 hours. Do it in 12 and then you're like, oh, man, hey, okay, great. It's just one of those. It's like, you're doing it all wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, you know, Star- Starfleet engineers, they, 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 they have some good life-affirming uh, advice for you. Yeah. So any final thoughts, gentlemen? I don't know. I'm stuck on, I'm stuck on Eric's whole thing now. I kind of want this animated cap and... The uh, Howling Commandos uh, animated series now. I mean, you can make it in the, in the vibe of the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. With like you know the where everybody looks like they were hastily sculpted out of wood, right? And, and I'd be and I'd be okay with that. I would love to see it in the same style as the What If. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I w- I wouldn't mind seeing it go the way of uh, maybe the Bad Batch. Since we're focusing on Cap and the Howling Commandos, mm-hmm. go go that that model with Bad Batch, See. but with Cap, <laughs> and make it all period pieces. And f- let's mm-hmm. fill in that gap that happens within Captain America: First Avenger. Let's f- let's get that stories from once he rescues the Howling Commandos the first time to everything that leads up to it, that final battle with him and the Red Skull. Mm-hmm. There's tales to be told there. Tons. <laughs> Tons. Let's tell them. And you bring in Chris Evans, Hallie Atwell. You work them six hours a day because that's what the voice actors call is. That's what their work shift is for a get paid full time. It's a six hour day. Cool. You could get all that done because once you have everyone established for their different roles, 
it's a set at this point in time, it's a set and forget with the console, with the software, whatever. Right. I mean, I do that here. I got y'all set up with your EQs on your end through your interfaces. And then I have my EQs for Skype on this side. I have my EQ set for my mic on this side. I don't have to mess with that in post-production much anymore. And then I have another program that I use for mastering. That, right. So, yes, I'm pulling back the curtain big time here, folks. Because, hey, we did talk behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. This is Mighty Marvel, Mighty Marvel Geeks Behind the Scenes featurette. Mm-hmm. The BTS episode. Excuse me, issue. BTS issue, a featurette. There you go. The one-shot featurette short. I need to write that down. This is the way I'm feeling right now. I'm not going to remember it. <laughs> featurette, one-shot short. And it's only appropriate since we record from the above, the underground, above water, suborbital volcano lair. Above and I, ground, underground, underwater. underwater. I knew I said yeah. it wrong, but I, I still hit all the points. I hit, I hit the location. It's just wrong. I did it jazz style. It's the right notes, wrong order. Okay. You never heard that? Jazz is always the right notes in the wrong spot. Okay. So on that note, um, surprisingly, she's been very quiet tonight. Thursday, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? For our sake, just take us home. (laughs) 